This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs, uh, astrologer, medium, and channel at uh, on the web at tdjacobs.com. Welcome to the show. This is um, an interesting show. We have uh, a lot of Scorpio things happening. And so this show is about talking about soul and life and death, uh, understanding more about soul, about death and its relationship to soul in our lives uh, so that we can more fully engage with life. Uh, this fresh look at astrology today will include a look at uh, Pluto in the houses and the, the deep karmic fears that accompany Pluto's placement. And uh, also be talking about this uh, the Scorpio connection, what I'm calling it this week, and it's um, a setup with Neptune and Chiron transiting Pisces already for a while, and then Saturn entering uh, early in the month, a couple weeks ago, and about three weeks ago actually, and now the Sun is there, and then also transiting Mercury is now on the transiting North Node in late Scorpio. So we have a little Scorpio party, or two kind of um, clicks of Scorpio happening, and so it's time to look at things that are difficult to look at. And when we do Scorpio well, we're willing to look at them and we're willing to feel them. And that's really what we're talking about here. Wherever your gaze happens to be pointed, you may pick up on subtle vibrations. You may pick up on deep uh, psychological pain that you or others carry. You may be triggered in some present day circumstance by something happening under the surface in someone else. So now uh, the big giant flashlight in the sky is in Scorpio. That's the sun. And the solar month every year is about looking behind the curtain, looking but really under what's happening, looking at the undercurrents, digging under the surface to find out what's really happening. And then, of course, many of us do have some fears and trepidation about doing that. There are people who revel in Scorpio, but there are also people who fear it. And what I'm going to be talking about today is intended to help you look a little more consciously and openly from a grounded state so that you can uh, deal more effectively through consciousness, through conscious awareness and a willingness uh, with what you find under the surface. I will be taking uh, caller questions. Call in and ask about soul, life, or death, including uh, your own chart. Uh, I will not be confirming your past lives or telling you who you were, uh, but I certainly can answer uh, all kinds of questions about the process of life and death and how to deal now with memories of death from other lives. Uh, our uh, producer, Kiara, asked me uh, before the show, anything uh, exciting going on? And I said, well, you'll hear about it. And one of the things that, that I've been working with the last uh, few months as I go on my own uh, Plutonian process with Pluto in the 12th is, uh, is, is really not just dealing with the fact of death, but actually some visceral memories that I carry. Um, it's wonderful having Pluto in the 12th and Moon Conjunct Neptune 
uh, to be able to sense into things and do the kinds of readings for people that I do. And yet it's also sometimes challenging with uh, remembering uh, some things from under the surface uh, that are actually rooted in other parts of the timeline that might be kind of difficult to deal with. So I'm just giving you some uh, insights today about my process as well as this um, overview in general so you can have some ideas. So that number to call in with your own questions during this hour, 877-230-3062. The setup here for the Scorpio connection is that Neptune and Chiron have already been transiting Pisces. Neptune is said to rule Pisces, and Chiron, I kind of see them, Neptune and Chiron, as having a very similar kind of thing as far as our awareness of energy. Uh, Neptune asks us to adapt to a higher truth and to give in to the, to the feeling of the fabric of life around us. Chiron asks us to be sensitive to energy, to be sensitive to emotion, to be sensitive to our own vulnerabilities and be, you know, consciously navigate ours and the vulnerabilities of others. They have been doing this little dance in the sign of Pisces, which is all about surrender. So we've already been invited to surrender things. And that's kind of a backdrop for several years as they travel together in Pisces. And then for another, uh, you know, approximately decade as Neptune continues in Pisces, because Chiron will move on uh, sooner. And now we have the Scorpio party the two kind of clicks in the lunchroom that are sitting there huddled together. We have Mercury North Node and Sun Saturn, and they have the intense gaze about them. And be careful. If you catch their eyes, uh, they're going to see something about you. And if you catch others' eyes now, you may see something about them. Saturn going into Scorpio a few weeks ago says, uh, realistically, uh, progress right now and hard work and maturity and responsibility require digging under the surface getting in touch with our real motivations, understanding what's really happening, and seeing behind what's happening. When we do Scorpio well, we ask questions, and then we receive answers, and then we say, yes, check, noted, but why? And then we dig a little further, we get more answers, and then we do it again. Sometimes the Scorpio thing is a never-ending, you know, shoots game, forget the ladders, but sometimes it's just the shoots going down into what's really happening, peeling back layers and understanding our deepest emotional selves. Now, the sun is on that right now. So for the last three weeks, the Saturn's been there. Now, whatever it is that's been coming up for you, the sun is on it. So it's time to consciously bring into awareness what's been happening for you. Obviously, this happens, you know, sun enters Scorpio once a year. The sun conjuncts uh, Saturn once a year, but the sun entering Scorpio approximately three weeks after Saturn hitting Scorpio is kind of a a red-letter invitation to become more conscious. And then this other part of this uh, story is the transiting north node is in Scorpio. So there's an opportunity now for us to grow through doing something scorpionic. And then transiting Mercury is there, and transiting Mercury invites us to become aware of something in a conscious way. Transiting Mercury in Scorpio, generally speaking, uh, is, you know, this invitation to look behind the scenes, but also, if we're evolved, to give each other the benefit of the doubt because we're seeing something behind the facade. When we talk about this, uh, when I say facade, this is not uh, intended to assassinate character or point out flaws in anybody by saying that people have facades that we shouldn't. It's that when we live these human lives it can be very difficult to be vulnerable. And so the Scorpio parts of us have defenses, sometimes walls. 
sometimes uh, barriers that have on the outside painted, um, you know, kind of a nice picture. I don't want you to see what's inside this wall. So I put up this nice mural for you. I think it will distract you and you will be either entertained or sufficiently distracted so that you can't really see behind the wall. And again, it's not a character flaw. It's a natural human need to, at certain times, feel that we need to protect ourselves from the uh, laser vision of scorpionic others. And, and we all have Scorpio. It's not just people who have that sign prominently or their sons there or something. So it's time to look at hard truths. And it's time to challenge ourselves to see what's under the surface and be willing to feel it so that we can work consciously with it. Uh, grounding is uh, an important tool here. Again, the single most important thing I can tell you ever at any point, <laughs> no matter how many times we speak or you listen to me on the radio, grounding, sending cords into the earth, letting the energy of the earth uh, stabilize you, and uh, getting a better sense of who you are, a different version of who you are through connectedness to the earth, through reconnecting with nature, even in this very basic way. You will have parts of you, as every human does, that do not want to deal with some difficult scorpionic stuff. And this is, you know, Scorpio, Pluto, eighth house. This archetype uh, can scare some people. It can get a bad rap. Some of us who are kind of emotional adrenaline junkies might uh, look forward to it and revel in it. At least, you know, some of us actually revel in others' discomfort when it comes to all this, these topics. And um, But now with all this uh, light on it, we, we owe it to ourselves to, uh, to take the Saturn invitation to get realistic about what we're afraid of is one of the things. It's kind of ironic. I, I expected to hear from people examples of facing something difficult and trying to deny it or work around it or not quite face it yet. And within um, three days, uh, there were three examples, including me observing myself and then two other people uh, in my world. And and there were people who were, including me, uh, who were looking at something, realizing the truth behind something and just walking straight into it. And I was so encouraged, <laughs> you know, just saying, uh, oh, that's that's what's happening? Well, let me set aside some time and take care of it. And then doing something proactive that, you know, a few weeks, a few months, years ago, might have been a little more difficult. But there's this one response to Saturn and Scorpio can be a willingness to take on the challenge or the hard work. And so I've been noticing uh, people uh, responding to that. And among the several things that have been coming up for me with Saturn and Scorpio, uh, at least on one major thing, I have responded that way. And, and frankly, I'm very Scorpionic, but I surprised even myself. So it was, uh, it was kind of a, it was kind of a good, kind of a good surprise to get and to hear about that happening with a client and then somebody else in my life too. So given all that, I want to talk a little about soul and life and death, and then we'll get into, uh, Pluto houses to talk about the intense fears that we have. And, uh, you can call in with your own questions to 877 230-3062. So this whole idea that I teach about what soul is, uh, a portion of divinity, a portion of all that is, or cosmic consciousness, or the universe, or goddess, god, whatever you want to call this, whatever you want to call some higher power, um, a portion of that, splitting itself off to forget its true nature, its power, 
its strength as creative energy uh, and coming to Earth to explore essentially power over and power under. When a soul doesn't forget that it's strong, but as it erupts into space-time, we forget. So we're going around bumping into each other, having these experiences, and um, forgetting our true nature. And as I say, we're coming here to learn through power over power under, the soul knows that on Earth, this is in play. If I'm strong, I might have had to do something that somebody else had to give up some strength in order to do. If we tie strength to material reality, strength, youth, health, um, age, um, money, resources, possessions, land, houses, cars, if we, you know, social position, if we tie our strength to those things, power comes and goes. If we learn to look at ourselves uh, as Pluto asks us to do, as Scorpio asks us to do, uh, deeply and intensely and without uh, reservation see all parts of ourselves, and then if we compassionately accept all parts of ourselves, we become empowered in a way that we detach the notion of strength and our experience of strength from material reality. Okay, so take a breath there. Just process that for a second. <laughs> That's my overview on the Pluto journey, the soul's empowerment journey for its human selves. I often say the soul's empowerment journey, but it's really about um, the what the soul intends that you as a human become empowered through doing. So briefly, the role of life in the soul's journey is as a learning environment, an incubator for the themes that the soul sets out to live. From the astrology side of this, uh, my book, The Soul's Journey One, Astrology, Reincarnation, and Karma with a Medium and Channel, yes, I know it's a mouthful, that book explains the astrological side of it and some of the metaphysics. Uh, other side, the metaphysical side, uh, channeled straight from the Ascended Master Jehudi, also known as uh, Thoth and uh, St. Germain and Merlin, this stuff is in the book, Understanding Loss and Death, the channel volume. And that and all four channeled books are actually combined in one volume called Jehudi Speaks. So read about them, but then, you know, on my site or on Amazon, but realize that they're all available in one book as well. And um, so that's the role of life in the soul's journey. I'm, the soul, is, as its human selves, is going to try out making choices in this direction with this motivation, in this social context, with that religious belief, you know, with this belief about money, with this idea about sex, and all these, you know, this idea about marriage, this idea about, you know, sexuality, like all these different things, and then to observe the choices. That's what life is. Now, death is one bookend to that process. It, it's actually that simple. We, of course, become attached to each other and, you know, we feel deeply when the lives of our loved ones end. Of, of course we do. And, and, and this is natural. This is what we do. And yet I'm also inviting all of us to gain this higher perspective as well. And, and these two books actually in tandem uh, that I mentioned, The Soul's Journey One and Understanding Loss and Death, uh, can go a long way towards starting a process of making peace with some of these things. So life is, a, is about the laboratory for the soul's learning, and death is an indication that that chapter is done. We'll be more on this as we go, uh, but we do, have, we do have a caller. Claire, is Claire on the line? Yes, hi, Tom. Hi, Claire. Let me give uh, the listeners your birth data so they can follow along. Mm -hmm. April 28th. 
1955, that's 55, at 1.40 p.m. in Youngstown, Ohio. And please tell me what you, uh, what you would like to talk about, Claire. Well, um, interesting. First time I've tuned into your show, and what you're mm-hmm. talking about is what I've just been working on for the last um, five years. Uh, you know, soul's journey, meaning uh, yeah. of, of life, spiritual quest, and dealing yeah. with a critical loss myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I'm in my second solar return. I think I've got heavy-duty stuff going on now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, you're, you're going to, um, in about a year and a half, you're going to have your second Saturn return is what's going on. And, uh, but, but you have this emphasis in Saturn. You have the IC, which is also the Nadir, right, the bottom of the chart in Scorpio, and then Saturn in the fourth there. And you also have a retrograde Pluto in the first house. So um, kind of a heavy Plutonian uh, Scorpio signature, and then you have Venus in the eighth house. So you're kind of covering all the angles here with the, with this prominent, uh, this archetype is prominent within you. And when that happens, we, we get invited to learn about attachment and then loss. This is just the name of the game. Um, learning about it, so appreciating what is, and giving ourselves fully, opening ourselves fully to those people we're attached to. But then these Plutonian lessons of loss come in and we're challenged to evolve through releasing the people we're attached to. Does that make sense to you? Perfectly. Yeah. So because Saturn is in your fourth house natally in Scorpio, you're you're going to, from a very early age, sense very deeply uh, different kinds of loss, including family members who are very important to you, perhaps even pets, but from a very early age. And it's part of your setup to be completely attached within family structure, even if it's not all pleasant, because Saturn and Scorpio actually can bring a kind of hard-edged authoritarian kind of energy as well, but to feel loss very deeply. And then Pluto in the first as well kind of echoes that, and, and they, are, they are square. They are in a conversation together. So, um, for you, you know, authority, structure, morality, which is what Saturn represents, you must dig down into the, you know, the mine, right, that, that is your inner reality. And you must make peace with what you find there. That's just the natal setup for you. And then, because Saturn enters Scorpio, you know, there's a part of you now that needs to, I, I would offer you, let go of some of these attachments. You said there's a particular uh, loss that you've been dealing with. Is that from the last few years? I lost my 22-year-old son five years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the very important things, I actually, I'm going to recommend to you the book Understanding Loss and Death, mm-hmm. because uh, Judy, the Ascended Master, goes into the death of a child and uh, deaths that that are too early, you know, and that affect us. And um, uh, one of the things to understand, I, I, I'm going to invite you to try on for size. On that level on which you feel that deep pain, that is what it is. And no matter what I'm telling you or what I could tell you, I would never say forget it or get over it. <laughs> but what I, you know, because this is real. This is this is your heart. You know, this is your heart. But there's this other perspective 
of when we're born and why and when we die and why. The book fully explains that, um, but I'm going to invite you to triumphize that, you know, your son as a divine being, right, a portion of all that is, a soul, a portion of God, came here to live a chapter that happened to be 22 years long. And I'm going to invite you to try on precise, even if it's difficult, that this is a part of his soul contract and then his contract with you and your yeah. contract with him. You understand I, that. I understand all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So, um, yeah, if you want to, if you want to hang on for a second, uh, we're going to take a break, but we'll come back and, okay? okay. So we'll take our first, great, we'll take our first break now. is here. To evolve now, we must understand ourselves on all levels. It's time to live more consciously, release the past, heal our emotions, and develop solid boundaries going forward. What's the bottom line? We need to be present. A Living in the Present Tense Astrology Report by Tom Jacobs explores four points in your birth chart to help you upgrade your experience of energy and emotion. Pluto, Chiron, Lilith, and the asteroid Lucifer as Lightbringer are explained to help you heal and experience your multidimensional self. Readers call this report amazing, beautifully written, right on the mark. Join others living in the present tense today. Order your report through tdjacobs.com. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And Claire is still on the line with us. And uh, Claire, would you please um, re- repeat for our for our friends uh, what you told me during the break? Yes. Um, well, my son died five years ago. And about six months after he died, not knowing what else to do with myself, I just turned inward and I started meditating every day. And about 17 months after he died, one day I heard the words, only son, treasured one. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, oh, I'll I'll just go write those down. Kind of like with dreams, you know, they say write them down or you'll forget. And I think I thought I was journaling because a lot of times, you know, it's recommended that you journal. And and, uh, at the time, I didn't think journaling was really so great, you know, you just like, oh, I feel horrible, I miss you, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But now I realize how important that really probably was because I 
I wrote only Sun Treasured one, and I just kept writing, and I thought I was journaling. And when I was yeah. finished writing, and I read what I'd written, I was like, oh, this is a poem. <laughs> right. And, I mean, I'd never had a thought of a poem. I'd never written right. a poem. And that night when I went to bed, I was thinking about it. And as soon as I laid down, I had all these rhyming words go through my mind. So yeah. I jumped back up, and I went down to the kitchen table, and I sat, and the next hour and a half, I wrote out two more poems. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like the floodgates opened, and I wrote over 200 poems in, uh, I think, two years. And well, you know... I have a book now of my poetry, A Mother's Tears. Great. I mean, it's, it's um, you know, your Neptune's in the third. And so for you to say, natally, and so, you're, you know, for you to say, I never had a thought of poetry, mm-hmm. um, you know, that might be kind of weird for us to look at, but you do have an emphasis in Taurus at the top of the chart. So maybe it's not so strange, you know, uh, that you didn't have that thought, but this obviously was a catalyst for your, to you, for you to flow with energy, with information, and therefore to, to move energy and emotion. And Pluto's in the first for you. So creativity, I mean, Pluto's in Leo in the first. So, so you being creative and Moon in Leo in the 12th. You know, your creativity is actually super important in this life. So that, that, you know, situation was a catalyst for you. And as you said, you know, you feel like it was your, your son coming through. You know, Neptune in the third is kind of a, kind of a classic example of, um, I might try to control my mind, but I actually have access to all this other information. I may not know what to do with. Can I just trust it? So, you know, I, there are many, many ways that your son would have been a teacher, a karmic teacher for you in life as you were for him. And yet, you know, him kind of supporting you and bringing out your creativity is is uh, in- incredible. Uh, that that that's the kind of uh, it gives me chills when I think about it. You know that uh, because we do that for each other even after we pass away. Yeah. Uh, the other th- the thing I want to say to you about this um, Saturn and Scorpio natally and then coming coming up on the return before we move on with the show is that you know wherever Saturn shows up uh, in our chart in our lives we may uh, experience some limitation or the breaks. We may sometimes wish for the gas pedal, but sometimes we don't. Saturn in Scorpio in the fourth house, you know, two water symbols, right? The fourth house related to moon, Scorpio, you know, another water sign. And, you know, you may come from a family where processing grief isn't really understood. Does that make sense to you, given how, you know, I didn't know you? I didn't really have anybody that I'd lost. But I mean, people in your family losing people, like was was processing grief and deep emotion something they knew how to do and could teach you? Uh, We didn't really, it was kind of unusual because we really didn't have hardly anybody that died. I see, I see. Mm -hmm. So the Saturn limitation in this case was perhaps a lack of opportunity to face that. It's kind of a goofy thing to say, but Saturn does limit things. You know where where it shows up in our charts. And I so did, this, I moved every uh, couple years my whole life because my father was military. Okay, that's part of it too. The attachment, Saturn, right. the nest, and the home base, the feeling of uh, solidity and security. Um, so your return is is going to involve us going and staying deep while coming out into the world for your you know Taurus sun on the midheaven with Mercury there. So you know this Saturn return for you. Uh, it's not going to happen within the next year, but as, you know, within about a year, Saturn will hit uh, your IC, the bottom of the chart. That will kind of start the process for you. And uh, you know, you've seen some of the heavier stuff 
that comes with Saturn and Scorpio on the fourth. And so, you know, set the intention now uh, to continue looking, continue moving the energy and moving the feeling and emotion. And uh, you'll be answering Saturn's call. And I think that it's going to be really interesting, um, you know, second Saturn returns, the process of maturation taking you into this third chapter of life. I, I, um, I certainly wish you, wish you the best with that. And thank you for calling in and sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Claire. Bye-bye. So you also can call in. The number is 877-230-3062. And um, so we talked about the role of life in the soul's journey and the role of death. Um, now, I want to make it astrological and Pluto through the houses. And as, as you might have noticed, if you pulled up Claire's chart, she has Pluto on the first, and that's usually where I start with the, the houses. Uh, as most of us do. And uh, wherever Pluto is, we've set out to, to, to learn about strength. We've set out to learn about being strong and empowered. Uh, I offer you that's about self-confidence that comes from self-knowledge and self-acceptance. But for many thousands of years, perhaps millions of years as we've you know, lived here as different kinds of animals, including humans eventually, we cycle through perceptions of power over and power under. So where Pluto is in the chart says the soul intends that you become confident through doing this in an unashamed, unabashed, realistic way. But because we've set out to be strong and we're living through duality, or we have been, we encounter sometimes other people, group situations that are actually stronger. So when we talk about Pluto, if you're looking at astrology, uh, kind of my little universe of astrology, we're looking at where we have felt empowered in different lives and where we have felt powerless or disempowered. So that's what this is about, the Pluto in the houses. With Pluto in the, and then I want to talk about how that process in each house can contribute to the fear of death. Uh, the fear, deep fears in general, fears of losing anything, but also of death. Uh, Pluto in the first puts the emphasis on everything on the individual. Uh, uh, you're the center of the universe. Your choices matter. I don't say that like uh, to you know like you're egotistical, but you see yourself as the driver, as the prime mover in your world. Your choices and y- your mistakes seem to define everything. People who put on the first often find themselves uh, n- naturally uh, hoisted into, or pushed into, or willingly accepting leadership positions because it's about becoming empowered through making decisions. As a result of this, uh, decisions that an individual makes can actually bring Plutonian consequences. So some people – I mean we can all be afraid of doing something because there may be some terrible consequence. And uh, I'm not saying this to plant seeds of doom for anybody or this feeling of anything, but – Think about your deepest fears, and as you listen to your Pluto house, and if if you actually don't know where yours is, you can go to astro.com and put in your your birth chart, your birth data, and get a free chart, and you can see where the the P with the little foot is in your chart. So you can you can uh, keep a reference point for as I'm running through the houses. Um, but any Pluto can indicate deep, intense fears of death because as we set out to tap into this is another level of Pluto, our survival instinct we sometimes find that we don't survive. So, uh, yeah, don't look at somebody's chart and look for Pluto and look at how they died in past lives, but just understand that all deaths fit the soul's journey, just as all births and all sets of family conditioning and all intense relationships and all marriages and all 
uh, family, everything fits the soul's journey. So sometimes people with Pluto in the first don't want to make firm decisions because they they may in different lives experience negative Plutonian consequences. Sometimes people can vilify them, and sometimes people can say, point their finger and say, you are the reason everything is wrong and ruined and we're all messed up. So that's one of the things with Pluto in the first. Pluto in the second, the second house is about self-esteem and self-worth. It's about what we can do. Uh, it's about money and resources, but really those are reflections of our self-worth, our self-esteem. So Pluto in the second is about self-worth and self-reliance. So um, Pluto in the second house is, you know, I need to, I need to, I need to survive. I need to become empowered through making sure that I can always survive. And one of the things that happens is sometimes you don't survive. So sometimes with resources, sometimes people with Pluto in the second have fears about money or where food's coming from or do, can I develop the skills to ensure survival, that kind of thing. So sometimes uh, the difficult pr- tasks to prove oneself to oneself is um, uh, challenging uh, to those and, and those people and sometimes uh, that is what they're afraid to do. We actually have a caller with Pluto in the second. Great time. Oh, we just lost her. Okay. So um, we'll keep going. Uh, but anyway, these challenges to self-esteem. And, you know, I'm asking you to, to challenge yourself, to rely on yourself. And sometimes that does um, lead to issues about survival. Sometimes I work with people with Pluto in the second, and uh, there's a lot of material, real, uh, material wealth in their world. And that can actually be a result of the fear of not having enough. And sometimes we become workaholics with Pluto in the second. Sometimes we always fear we're never going to measure up, and that's part of the Pluto in the second thing. So it looks like October's back. Are you here? Hello? Is October here? Hi. 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 Thanks for calling. Uh, Let me just put your birthday in. Tell me what you'd like to talk about. Um, I'd like to talk about, um, I have Pluto in the second, conjunct Uh my north node. Mm Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, conjunct my natal north node, conjunct my Uranus, and conjunct my Neptune in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I've, I've been trying to figure out a way to navigate that correctly because I have so much other stuff going on in Scorpio and Saturn. Oh, yeah. I just, I just want to see, yeah. <laughs> I want to see so much. I want to see something, um, some insight you would have about specifically having my North Node, Uranus, and Neptune in that second okay, with Pluto great. heating it up great. right now. Good, good. So so just um, uh, for everyone's reference, October's birthday is October 23rd, 1991, at 10.13 a.m. in Whittier, California. So happy belated birthday. I just noticed uh, what so date much. it is. Yeah. Um, so, so your natal Pluto is on the 12th. So let me just give you a little, just a snapshot of that because you're supposed to yeah. learn to surrender to higher truth. Okay. Okay. Now, that involves learning to go with the flow and not feeling disempowered through giving up some ego. That's one of the things. Okay? Mm-hmm. okay? Okay. Now, all the stuff in the second house says, well, that's fine with Pluto thing, but your actual personality, you actually have to get mobilized. Capricorn in the second. You have to do mm-hmm. stuff to create self-worth because your your south node in the eighth house can have you um, biased towards defining yourself by how other people see you. 
Basically, somebody criticizes you when you're five years old, you might grow up and say, well, I mean, that must be true because somebody told me. Like you're, 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 you're uh, pr- prone sometimes to take in those observations of others. So the Capricorn North Node in the second says, be realistic about your self-worth, but do something like basically get off the couch, <laughs> you know, like put the chips <laughs> away and like, and like constructively work. So that's the North Node thing. Now, Neptune okay. and Uranus being there natally – um, Uranus says you have to free yourself from eighth house entanglement so that you can get clear on what you're worth. And then Neptune says you also have to develop faith that you're worth something and that you are, quote unquote, a child of the universe or something like this. But developing faith, and that's all through Capricorn hard work. Right. Does all that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. Okay, good. Then transiting Pluto getting close is saying that has to be transformed. Okay. <laughs> right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, bulldozing, I, and this is a thing. This is a really important thing here. I'm, uh, that that our North Node tends to contain, uh, well, we tend to have some biases, which are really prejudices about what it would look like to do it. So, so Capricorn North Node. I don't want to be structured. I wouldn't want to get up at the same time every day. Right. You know, I wouldn't want to have to be self-employed, you know, Uranus, Neptune in the second, you know, I, you know, all this stuff. I wouldn't want to be forced into self-employment or something like that. Right. 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 Wanting security and stability and relying and ability to rely on others. It's not to paint you as lazy or immature, but a cancer south into the eighth wants to rely on others. Just a natural right. thing. Right. So Pluto's saying, forget these stereotypes. Pluto's saying they're all problematic, and I'm going to bulldoze 98% of them. <laughs> okay. If, if you're, you know, you're, you actually can laugh about it. That's good. So this is very encouraging. <laughs> um, yeah, Pluto. Pluto has been. <laughs> I've had to force it to be a running joke in my life. <laughs> yeah, but well, so, it's so, trans- totally transformational. I have to, absolutely. I'm yeah, so see if you can ma- just make the decision with that smile, right? That sad rising smile that you have and the, <laughs> you know, to, to make the decision to, uh, and that fifth house moon too, right? The, the capacity yeah. for joy is here, but make the decision that you're going to survive no matter what self-esteem challenges you're going to be presented with. Just, I mean, just make that decision like you are the goddess herself. <laughs> okay. And then what comes to you, Look at it. Some stuff will hurt. Some stuff will be difficult and challenging because that north note's there. But when it happens, say, I'm ready to look at this and see that some of my resistance keeps me from growth. I'm willing to work with you, Pluto, dear Lord of the underworld. Like if you set that intention now, you'll, you'll be able to see things coming. And when they come to you, you won't be quite as surprised. Hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Do you want to hold on one second? We'll take our we'll take our second break. Okay. Okay, great. Thanks. wired is no accident your soul has divine intentions for this life understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world 
A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. 2012 is here. To evolve now, we must understand ourselves on all levels. It's time to live more consciously, release the past, heal our emotions, and develop solid boundaries going forward. What's the bottom line? We need to be present. A Living in the Present Tense Astrology Report by Tom Jacobs explores four points in your birth chart to help you upgrade your experience of energy and emotion. Pluto, Chiron, Lilith, and the asteroid Lucifer as Lightbringer are explained to help you heal and experience your multidimensional self. Readers call this report amazing, beautifully written, right on the mark. Join others living in the present tense today. Order your report through tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. My name is uh, Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And today we're talking about uh, Pluto, life, death, soul. Saturn and Sun in Scorpio, looking at difficult things and, and understanding more about the soul's journey and when we're invited to face uh, challenges that, that, are, that confront us. And um, on the phone, we have uh, October, who uh, called in to ask about Pluto transiting her second house. Did you have a – you had another question about, about moving somewhere? Um, yeah, I've, I've been thinking about uh, making a move from the place I am to a place where I'm kind of a little bit more comfortable among my peers. Kind of mm-hmm. a little bit more and around some more like mine. And um, with Saturn really close, it's got a Saturn and Scorpio really close to my Mars. Yeah. I'm wondering is that, you know, would that be a, a result of my Mars getting too out of hand and needing some well, some calm down by Saturn? Or, well, well it's, in for you 11th, be... it's in the 11th. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, for you to be sane, Sun in the eleventh, <laughs> you know, you, you have to you have to be around like-minded people. That's just that's just the bottom line. Right. Uh, so Saturn coming to your Mars, which is conjunct that sign, it's time for you to take action in the eleventh house. So hmm. you know, look at logistics, but energetically, it's it's a great time to make a proactive move to empower yourself by being around people who you with whom you fit better. Um, the other thing to say is. Um, I don't know if you've ever come across the story of Persephone. Is that something you're familiar with? Um, I've, you know what? I've never read the story of Persephone, but okay. I've, that name has been in my dreams for a while. Yeah, right on. Well, it's uh, on your sun. I mean, it's uh, 11 minutes away from your sun. It's right there at 29 uh, Libra. And so I'll just oh, wow. give you a br- brief, brief overview of it. But basically, we have to abduct ourselves into better circumstances with Persephone. If we don't... Okay. We can stay in a state of boredom, which actually is a kind of um, status quo, not quite mature state. Sometimes with Persephone, we're looking for someone to snatch us away into a better reality. Your your whole life is a Persephone story, so I'm going to encourage you to look her up um, right. and not get not get freaked out because she got kidnapped by Pluto, right? right? She got and dragged down into the underworld. Don't get freaked <laughs> out by that. And there's all these ideas, okay. you know, terrified about our children being abducted. Just understand that there's a status quo that is boring and unfulfilling, and one must be snatched away. Now, 
for, you know, you're a young adult, and so you have a lot of opportunities now going forward. But knowing the story, understand that when you're bored, when you're unfulfilled, you have to abduct yourself into something better. So Saturn going over your sun Persephone and now over your Mars palace in your 11th, where is this going? The 11th house is where we create the future and how we ally and find other people who want the same kind of future. So to move to somebody somewhere where you have more peers or feel more comfortable, that is exactly what should be happening. Again, get the logistics in order, but that mm-hmm. is the kind of thing that needs to be happening. Like, that's kind of a kind of a no-brainer, to be honest with you, with the Saturn invitation. Wow. Realistically, where I am, am I surrounded by people I can, I can dig who dig me? And if the answer is no, then this is this is a great time to go. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Thank so thanks you. for calling in. No yeah. problem. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate it. Great. You're welcome, October. Okay. Bye-bye. So we go back to uh, Pluto through the houses. Pluto in the third, natally. Uh, there's the third house is about communication, perception, mind, and learning. So some people with Pluto in the third have asked questions that got them on the radar of people who had negative Plutonian responses. <laughs> uh, some people have, uh, you know, the fears can be about information or about speaking the truth. Um, lots of people have fears about speaking their truth, and, it, and not everybody has, not all those people have Pluto in the third, but that is a kind of um, stereotypical signature for I'm afraid of the truth in some way. Again, it's not a character flaw. It's not a criticism. It's that um, we sometimes encounter resistance when we carry the truth. So Pluto in the third can actually be a block about speaking, and the deep, intense fears, perhaps to the point of fearing death, can be about opening the mouth. Some of those people, like I said, have learned information that led to trouble, and that can be part of it too. Maybe I don't want to hear you speak the truth, because you know things can get messy if I have to deal with you know what's happening there. Um, and so some of these people, I mean, all of them need to get to the place where they're willing to hear, willing to process difficult truths, and then willing to share their own difficult truths. And also, authenticity can be a real thing with Pluto in the third. I'll tell you, you know, 20% of what's happening. I'll be completely honest on 20% of the categories. That kind of holding back and being afraid of telling the truth, uh, you know, uh, is a real important theme here. Pluto in the fourth, natally, uh, this is the house of emotions, family, hearth, home, um, history, genealogy, and understanding who we are in terms of the people we come from. So Pluto and the fourth people can have intense fears, perhaps to the you know the level of the fear of death, through family connections and ending when they end, through um, the loss of a home and stability, you know, the loss of children or parents or other family members. Um, so sometimes risks don't want to be taken. Right? People don't want to risk anything about home and hearth. Um, sometimes uh, people are afraid to have their hearts seen in the full light of day. Right? This is a house of uh, deep emotions, our uh, emotional basement. And um, that can lead people to reserving their personal inner truth. Not the third house truth of mind, speech, learning, communication. But the fourth house, the fourth house truth of this is who I am when nobody's home, when the lights are off, and I'm just sitting in the dark, experiencing who I am. Then Pluto in the fifth, the fifth house is about self-expression and creativity, and here's the big keyword: shining. So, 
some people with Pluto in the fifth have experienced being bold and shining, making noise, being a unique individual, and sometimes that has brought some trouble. So some people with Pluto in the fifth, you know, the deep in all these houses, the deep need is to do it. And then there can also be fears of repercussions. The empowerment journey of the soul, meaning that the human should become empowered through doing this, so that's the divine intent, uh, leads us to sometimes feeling disempowered. And in Pluto on the fifth, uh, can be disempowered through creative expression, through developing an opinion and or expressing it, or uh, after those two things, uh, being found out to be the person who developed and expressed that opinion. So sometimes people with Pluto on the fifth don't want to stand out, but of course they need to. Pluto on the sixth is about service. And we learn in the sixth house through unequal relationships. This is the house of master-slave as well as uh, a master and apprentice. And so these are different you know, angles on we are not equals. You know, I know something. That's the, the master-apprentice thing. I know something. I'm skilled at something. And you don't know it and you want to learn it. Well, great. Come on by at four and I'll teach you. And this kind of imbalance within relationships. So – there are people with Pluto in the sixth who have expressed way too much ego within a service capacity or have, uh, you know, how do you say this? The images of um, uh, too big for the britches when they should be humble. And that can lead to difficult Plutonian consequences in some lives. Again, all of these experiences are about learning to be empowered in this way. And um, but Pluto in the sixth people – Sometimes we'll have uh, some issues with um, how can I – if I'm really, really humble, then I lose everything. But if I'm half humble, I might stir up trouble. If I'm not humble, I probably will stir up trouble, that that kind of um, difficult tension. And they're supposed to learn to understand where and when power differentials within relationships matter and how to constructively, in a conscious way, navigate them. There is no shame in not knowing how to do something, just like there is no shame in knowing how to do it. And then we move on to Pluto in the seventh. The seventh house is about fairness, equality, and relationships. It's, it's all the arenas in which we learn to develop fairness and harmony and equality. Pluto in the seventh says the person needs to become empowered as a human by learning what's fair. Well, whenever you do that, you're going to learn about what's not fair. Also, Pluto in the seventh also wants uh, people to get along and peace and equality and justice are in there. So war, tyranny and fascism are parts of that that game as well. So it doesn't have to be literal social movements of of those things, tyranny, fascism, but it can be within relationships imbalance. It's a different imbalance uh, in the sixth house. Uh, In the sixth house, it's about um, learning through inequality. In the seventh house, it's trying to find the same page. Trying to find the right uh, the right way that we're you know going to work this together. So expectations of not being fair, expectations of being overpowered within a relationship can result. And um, for any of these placements or any of the other ones, um, if you would like my take on this, you can call uh, call me at two one three nine two five six zero one nine and uh get a reading, get a soul's journey soundbite, get a natal report, and um also encourage you to go to my site ttjacobs.com to check out um all the books, including the Soul's Journey One, Astrology, Reincarnation and Karma with a Medium and Channel, which covers all of uh, all of these themes and issues. And we're just gonna do uh one more, the Pluto in the Eighth. Uh, it's kind of ironic to end on uh, Pluto in the Eighth or maybe not at all. 
But um, Puro in the Eighth says that we need to learn uh, through sharing intensely with others, through revealing our deepest truths to others, and through seeing other people revealing themselves in their deepest truth. So this is about vulnerability. It's about intimacy and the most important things that we share together. Right? Traditionally, we might say sex, death, and other people's money, but those have in common that we reveal ourselves and are seen in our you know, physical, energetic, financial, or emotional nakedness. So Poodle in the Eighth has, uh, is learning through trust issues, is learning through, I'm going to reveal myself to you, and then I'm going to try to become uh, empowered through your response. And that's why when I mentioned uh, with our last caller that the South and the Eighth, you know, defining the self in terms of the other, when we're in the Eighth House, we define ourselves through the reactions of other people to us. And we can actually allow ourselves to be held in place, an idea of self to be held in place by someone else's perception of us. We can become entangled. So Pluto and the Eighth people tend to need to disentangle themselves from the people in their lives who are the most important in order to sort through, well, what is trust? Uh, when am I inspired to trust? When can I open? When when should I be vulnerable? When do I want to reveal my inner truth to somebody? And then the empowerment journey has a tremendous amount to do with um, not getting freaked out if somebody else can't handle the truth that you're offering and can't respond to you with truth when you seek it. So that's where the karma with Pluto in the eighth comes in, uh, where there can be perceptions of I shouldn't trust people like that, or I shouldn't trust men or women or family. This kinds of um, blanket assumptions about who can and can't be trusted. The reality is, you can choose to trust and you can choose not to trust. And with Pluto in the eighth, the empowerment comes through navigating that and learning that. So we're coming to the end of our uh, time together today. So I want to tell you about. An upcoming event, which is completely germane to this show, and it's the Taurus Full Moon Call with Ascended Master Jehudi, which happens on Monday, uh, October 29th, this Monday. It's at noon Pacific, kind of a weird time, but we're going to get really close to the time of the full moon. Uh, if you can't make that time, uh, let me know and uh, get the recording, and you'll still have the full effect. And uh, it's a Taurus Full Moon, but the sun is in Scorpio. The sun with Saturn in Scorpio, so the big flashlight in the sky uh, shining on the um, – you know, the issues about Saturn getting real, getting clear, getting uh, constructive about these difficult truths. And the, um, the full moon is about balancing that with awareness of Taurian tools. So that's what we're going to do. It's about grounding, uh, clearing your energy field, including doing energy work and also, um, doing a set of affirmations to release energies you don't, you no longer need. This is a, it's a great opportunity. We do it every month, uh, Monday the 29th. See details at tdjacobs.com. Thank you so much uh, for joining us uh, this week. And uh, I hope you have a great week. I hope you have a great sun in Scorpio month. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.